Life podcast. We truly hope you'll be inspired and challenged today. Now, let's dive into this message with the family at Pleasant Ridge. For the month of uh, January, um, decided to go through um, a few topics uh, having to deal with uh, strengthen uh, what remains, and this is really taken out of uh, Revelation chapter number three, of where Jesus approaches the church at Sardis, and he has some things that uh, he has to say to this church uh, about what they're dealing with, and so that's kind of been my theme here about strengthening what remains, and we've been looking at a few things here, but let's revisit this text here, and then we'll move over there to uh, Luke eight. Uh, But Revelation 3, 1 through 3, And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, The words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God." Remember then what you have received and heard, keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. You were reminded again of the reality that this church at Sardis had this reputation of being alive, but yet it was dead. Uh, It had the appearance that life was going on there. But really, it was dead. And isn't that just like our Lord, that he can peer all the way through all the facades, everything that we are doing, and he gets right to the heart of the matter. And he says, I really know what you're really like. You're dead. And uh, it's, it's really important that what he says here about strengthening what remains and is about to die And that's kind of what we've been taking about with this theme here, that we should make sure that as believers in Christ, that we are strengthening what remains, and we're not just playing the game, we're not just doing a facade here, that we are actually serious about a relationship with Jesus Christ, that we're serious about serving our Lord and Savior. Uh, Because really, if we're just showing up and we're playing church and we're doing the facades and it's just for nothing, what's the purpose, right? I mean, you could probably have a better time just going home and watching TV. But if we're serious about Christ, we're serious about following the Lord, then we have to take his words to heart and we have to strengthen what remains. And a few of the things that we've already covered, we already talked about... um, our confession of sin, how important it is that we are confessing our sin is what First John teaches us. Uh, we talked about last week about our worship, that Jesus wants our hearts. He wants all of us. He doesn't just want one little finger on the altar. He wants all of us completely, totally. Uh, our hearts surrendered over to him for worship. And uh, this morning, we're actually going to look at uh, listening and what it means to listen. And uh, how well do we listen to God's word? How well do we listen to truth? 
And in fact, next week, one of the things that we're going to talk about is truth, desiring truth in the inward parts. And you'll see how these two go hand in hand. But how well do we listen? There's a story that is told of Franklin Roosevelt, who often endured long receiving lines at the White House, and he complained that no one really paid any attention to what was said. And one day during a reception, he decided to try an experiment. To each person who came down the line and shook his hand, he murmured, I murdered my grandmother this morning. The guests responded with phrases like, marvelous, keep up the good work. We are proud of you. God bless you, sir. It was not until the end of the line while greeting the ambassador from Bolivia that his words were actually heard. Nonplussed, the ambassador leaned over and whispered, I'm sure she had it coming. It's important that it, how well we listen. How well do you listen? One of the struggles that I believe every parent has faced with children is their child not listening. I'm sure, I'm sure that uh, I'm not alone in here when you've maybe been faced with the struggles of, you didn't listen to me. You're not listening to me. You didn't follow what I told you to do. You're not listening. Have you ever noticed how often the Bible emphasizes the idea of listening? It's a concept that is repeated over and over through all, out of, all of Scripture. For, for example, the specific phrase, hear the word of the Lord, occurs 32 times in the NIV and 28 times in the NASB. The words hear or listen, O Israel, are found six times in the NIV and in the NASB. Listen is found 331 times and the majority of these passages in some way deal with listening to the Lord. Here is found 347 times. And again, many of these also have to deal with hearing what God has to say. We also find a number of comments like incline your ear or give ear or pay or give attention. Uh, in the New Testament, the Lord warns us to consider carefully what you hear and how you hear. The words today, if you hear his voice, are found three times in Hebrews and once in the Old Testament. Seven times, once in each of the letters to the seven churches in Revelation chapter 2 and 3, just as even one as we read here. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. In Mark 4, 9, the Lord warned, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And again in verse 23, he said, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. So there are so many times throughout God's word that it's important for us to listen and hear what God is saying. Because we don't want to be superficial in our hearing. We don't want to be like this church in Sardis who had the appearance of being alive, but yet really they were dead. I'm sure that they heard a lot of things. I'm sure that they probably nodded their head and said, yes, yes, that's true. But they really did not hear what God was speaking. And so it's important to hear and to listen. And so this is what I'd like for you to take away with you today. Listen and listen well. Truth from God and obedience to God depends on it. Listen and listen well, truth from God and obedience to God 
depends on it. So we're going to jump here into our text in uh, Luke chapter number 8. And we're kind of jumping in here into the middle of what is going on. And so I really want to kind of give you the context of everything because it's important that we understand the context because we don't want to be guilty of cherry-picking verses out of context and making them say things that they really do not say. And so here in Luke chapter number 8, we have Jesus. He's going throughout the towns. He has his 12 disciples with him. We read about that some of the women also, uh, like for example, like Mary Magdalene, uh, who he cast seven uh, demons out of, uh, are with him. And there's some other women as well that were ministering to the needs of the disciples as they're going around preaching the gospel. And we find Jesus coming into these towns, and he begins talking to them, and he gives a story, he gives a parable of the sower. Most of us are familiar with that. We find that uh, in several of the gospel accounts. But here in Luke chapter 8, verses uh, 4 through 8, Jesus gives this parable of the sower. And he talks about how the, the, the sower goes out and he sows the seed. And some of that seed falls on hard, stony ground. Some of the seed falls on the wayside. Some of the the seed, it falls on the ground. The the weeds come it and choke it up. Uh, The birds come and steal it away. Uh, But then there's some seed that falls on good ground, and it brings forth uh, uh, fruit, a lot of fruit. Now, within all of this, then we find specifically the disciples coming to Jesus And they asking him specifically, saying, what does all this mean? Tell us what this means. And then he begins to give them truth. And he wants them to listen to the truth of what he is saying. And so if you read the surrounding verses, we get this idea that Jesus is speaking to the multitude, but then specifically he begins to speak only to the disciples. And Jesus is giving them and telling them what's important here. And so first of all, if we're going to listen, when we listen, God reveals truth. In all of his parables that Jesus gave, they were to reveal truth. They were to give a truthfulness, what God says about who he is, about what he's doing, what he's revealing about who he is. And those that have ears to hear will listen. And they will apply the truth of God's word to their life. And so when we listen, God reveals truth. Here in verse number 10 of chapter number 8, we actually read, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. And so Jesus explains that the purpose of his parables was both to reveal truth and to the spiritually responsive and to conceal truth from those who were spiritually superficial. Those that that just were there for whatever purpose and they heard things, but they really didn't want to apply truth to their lives. They really weren't listening to truth. And so Jesus does not want his disciples to think that he's trying to conceal truth from them, but rather he wants to reveal truth 
to them. And so then he gives us this illustration as we find in Luke 8, 16, and 17. Now, how many of you know that song, This Little Light of Mine, I'm Gonna Let It Shine? Okay, now, really, when you put that uh, song within what these verses say, that song is not really theologically correct here, okay? Because Jesus is talking about the importance of truth, what you are getting, the light of truth. Now, listen to what he says here. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar, or puts it under a bed, or puts it on a stand, but puts it on a stand, so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will, be, that will not be known and come to light. And so we have this illustration of the lamp being set on a lampstand, It's not hidden under a container or bed, but it's to show them that the main purpose of his teaching is to illuminate the truth, not to hide it. And you know what's interesting about light? Light serves two functions. First of all, it illuminates, but it also exposes. Jesus' teaching not only illuminates the truth, but it also exposes the evil that lurks in the dark corners of the human heart, as what he says here in verse number 17. So we need to make sure that we are listening to truth, listening to God's truth, because we don't want to be like the church at Sardis who had the appearance, the reputation of being alive, but yet really was dead. So let's look at a few things about listening and how it reveals truth. Number one, Jesus wants to illuminate God's truth to us. Look at verse number 16 again. No one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those, who's those? Those that have the truth, those that have listened to truth, those who enter may see the light. When we look at this verse within its context of the parables, Jesus is talking about the importance of truth and knowing truth. Jesus' teaching is the light that is put on the lampstand so you can see. His words are not given for the primary purpose of concealing God's truth, but for revealing it. But at the same time, that reveals truth also exposes sin. Because of this twofold function here that we find what Jesus is talking about, no one can respond neutrally to Jesus' teaching. You hear the truth and you're responsible for it. You can't just put it in neutral and say, well, okay, that's great. You're responsible for the truth that you hear. Either we will respond obediently and draw closer to God, or we ignore it and deceive ourselves. And what we think we have will one day will be taken away from us. So let's consider what Jesus is saying here in verse number 16 and how it applies to us. What is this lamp? Well, this lamp, maybe you've seen these before. It was just basically a small clay pitcher. It had a little handle on it, and it has a little, little spout. And they would fill it with oil, and there you would light it, and there would be a, a small flame. So that was a lamp. 
And so they would use this lamp, and the purpose of it was not to put it under your bed, right? Because he talks about that. He says, you don't put it under a jar, you don't put it under a bed, but you put it on a stand. Now, how many of you uh, husbands, fathers, um, have ever had to get up late in the night, and as you get up, you may step on all kinds of things? Has that ever happened to you? How about this one? I, uh, my daughter just got, we got her this like little uh, chest to put at the end of her bed, and I was in the room there the other night, and I went by it, and man, I don't know what it is, but there are certain parts on your body, if you hit them, it's like torture. I mean, it's like the worst thing ever, right? And I, I hit my shin on this thing, and I'm like, you know, I mean, it's really, really bad. Or you stub your toe in the middle of the night, right? That's horrible. Well, the whole purpose here is he's saying, look, we put this light on a lampstand so you can see. So you can avoid all of the dangers that are around there. And so the lamp had a very practical function. Without it, a person would bang his shins. He would trip over the kids' toys. And he couldn't see to cook or read or do anything. The lamp was to be lit. It was to be used. It was not to be hidden. In the same way, God has given us the Bible, including the teachings of Jesus, to shed light on how we should live so that we don't grope around in this dark world. That's why the Word of God is so important. It should be central in your life. It should be central in the life of the church. Because we are living in dark times. And we don't need to be groping around trying to figure out what's happening, right? We have the Word of God that gives us light. We have the Word of God that sheds the light and shows us exactly where we're going. And within it, the Word of God reveals all truth to His followers. Many vital principles for right living are revealed to us in God's Word of truth. Without God's Word, people are wandering in this dark, dangerous world without illumination from God. They're falling into the open holes of drug use, sexual immorality, anger, bitterness, self-centeredness, greed, and a host of all other kinds of sins. Every week, without fail, I receive uh, emails from individuals that reach out to uh, our church through the ads that we run, um, you know, ads about uh, problems in marriage, problems with uh, anxiety, problems with uh, drug addiction, problems with uh, pornography use, all kinds of stuff like that. And uh, when they reach out, uh, and these are people, these are people within our community, people that live in Goshen and Elkhart and Middlebury and surrounding areas, people that live in these areas, and I talk to them, and I, if I have the opportunity, share truth with them and, and try to counsel with them and help them. And I find it interesting that many times that as I try to give them truth, they don't want it. They don't want the truth. Why? Because it exposes really what the heart problem is. And so it's important that we receive truth, that we listen to truth. God's word is the light that tells us the truth and warns us of the dangers of sin and destruction that it can bring. And as believers, we must live in the light of God's word ourselves. And uh, by our example and our words, we must help others see 
God's ways as well. I often wonder, why wouldn't everyone want God's light to illuminate their lives? Why wouldn't they want that? So they can see how to avoid the traps and dangers. But Jesus explained to us in uh, John chapter 3, verses 19 through 20, Men love the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were what? Evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. Can I tell you the, the hardest things sometimes in my life is when truth reveals darkness in my heart. And I realize that I am not living correctly. I'm not doing things correctly according to the word of God. And the truthfulness of God's word exposes that and it shows me really what's going on. And I have to confess. I have to reconcile with that. Secondly, Jesus wants to expose our true heart, the things that are hidden in our hearts. Look at verse number 17. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be made known and come to light. What Jesus says here is very important because, as you will notice, it goes hand in hand with what Jesus will be saying next in verse number 18. We'll look at it here in just a moment about how we listen. Don't miss this of what Jesus is saying here, okay? For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Did you catch that? Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived that the things that you and I are participating in and taking part in that they are not going to be made manifest, that they will not ever come to light. They will. And remember, who is he talking to? His disciples. They ask him specifically, hey, what does this mean? Tell us what this means. All right, here it is. And I think this is where we all struggle with this. I find in my life that I'd rather hide from the light rather than to allow it to expose the darkness and the secrets of my heart. It's so easy to hide, isn't it? Here's this church at Sardis that had the appearance of being alive, but yet they were dead. Jesus says, I know your works. I know them. Wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. I find it interesting then, rather than deal with the darkness and the deceitfulness of our hearts when God's word exposes our sin, many people are uncomfortable with what they see and would rather get rid of the light, the truth. They try to dismiss it. They try to say, well, that really doesn't apply here in my life. They don't want it. The Puritan pastor Thomas Watson said concerning the scriptures, Take every word as spoken to yourselves. When the word thunders against sin, think thus, God means my sins. When it presses any duty, God intends me in this. Many put off scriptures from themselves as if it was only concerned those who lived in the time when it was written. But if you intend to profit by the word, if you intend to live by what the Word of God says, and you're listening to the truthfulness of God's Word, 
then you have to apply the word of God to yourself, the truthfulness of God's word, and you have to listen to it. And this is what Jesus is exhorting us to do in, uh, in these verses. So how well are we listening? Are you listening to the truthfulness of God's word? Are you listening to what Jesus has to say? If the truth exposes the darkness and sinfulness of your heart, are you listening? Or are we just kind of brushing it aside and saying, I'm fine. Right, as our house is burning down, everything is fine. No. We have to, we have to listen. Here's the second thing. Since God reveals truth, we must listen carefully. Now, the teaching of this verse is so important. Note the emphasis on hearing or listening in the context of all this. And you can mark these things down. For example, in uh, Luke chapter 8, verse number 8, some fell into good ground soil, grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse number 10, uh, towards the end there, So that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Verse number 12, the ones along the path are those who have heard. Verse number 13, uh, and the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word. Verse number 14, as it was for those who fell on the thorns, those are those that hear. Uh, verse number 15, as for those of the good soil, those are that who are hearing the word. Verse number 18, take care then how you hear. Verse number 21, those who hear the word of God. Jesus is talking about how well we listen, how well we hear. And so, since God reveals truth, we must listen carefully. Listening carefully to God's word involves several elements. Look at what he says here. Okay? Luke 8, 18. Take care then how you hear. For the one who has, has what? The one who has heard, more will be given. And from the one who has not, has not what? Has not heard, who will not hear, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. So here's some elements of hearing. First of all, listening carefully means taking the time to read the word and meditate on its meaning. Even among those who attend church regularly, I think that so many are simply ignorant of what the Bible does teach. You wonder why so many people are swept up in false teaching and false uh, uh, things that are going on in churches today? Because they don't know what the Word says. They don't simply apply the teachings of the Word of God to truth. They just, okay, well, hey, I'm going to a church. Everything must be truth, what they're saying. Hey, look at that. Boy, they got thousands of people at that church. That must be... They must be doing something right. Sorry, that's not the way it works. We have to apply the teachings of God's word. We have to know what the Bible does say. Jesus even warns us in the last days that there's going to be many that are going to lead people astray. There's going to be false teachers. And when we think of false teachers, I think immediately what comes to our mind is like, you know, the Jehovah Witnesses and the Mormons and stuff. But did you know in the book of... Uh, of Jude. Jude says this. He says, there are people within the church, they are hidden reefs in your love feast. Wait a minute, are you saying that there are false teachers even 
within churches that preach the truth? Yes. That's why it's so important that we know what the Word of God says so we can, so we can note those people and we can stay away from them. It's so important. So we have to listen carefully what means by taking the time to read the Word and meditate it on its meaning. And you know, I get it. You know, all of us have busy lives. But did you know if we would just cut out a lot of the, the stuff that we think is important, i.e. social media, movies, all that kind of stuff, I'm just as guilty, okay? You know how much time we would actually have to actually read the Word of God? We have to make time for it. So we have to read and we have to meditate on its meaning. God has given to us everything that we need that applies to life and godliness. But we have to take advantage of it. We have to read it. We have to apply it to our life. There is so much in this word in the Bible to spend your lifetime digging out and meditating on for the rest of your life. You'll never, you'll never plummet the depths of it. It's all there for us. And so you have to listen to the word of God. Secondly, sec- listen carefully means always looking for Christ in the word. God's word is the revealing of himself to his creation, us. When the word Jesus was made flesh, was manifested to us, he lived and he walked among us. The Bible says that we beheld his glory as the only glory the begotten of the Father, full of what? Grace and truth. He walked among us. He lived among us. He revealed himself. But we find Christ being revealed all throughout Scripture. We find him revealed in the Garden of Eden after uh, Adam and Eve had sinned. And uh, God provided uh, a remedy for, for, the, for, the, for the sin, right? Genesis 3.15. He says, hey, I'm going to put enmity between you and, and uh, his seed. He says, you will uh, bruise his heel, but he is going to crush your head. Right? We find uh, Jesus being revealed throughout the book of Exodus as the Passover lamb. We find Jesus being revealed through all the, the, the temple sacrifice, all the, uh, the tabernacle sacrifices as they're wandering in the wilderness. We find Jesus revealed to us in the Moses and the prophets. We, we find him revealed to us in the Psalms. He's revealed to us. So look for Jesus in everything that you read in God's word. Jesus chastised the Jews by saying this in John 6, 39. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, but it is in these that bear witness of me. When uh, Jesus was with those two men on the Emmaus Road in Luke 24, 27, Jesus tells them, beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, Jesus explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. And so whether we're in the Old Testament, the New, we ought to draw closer to the Lord by looking for Jesus. He's there. And he wants us to get to know him. Thirdly, listening carefully means always seeking to apply the word to my own heart and life. The two questions that Paul asked the Lord on the Damascus Road are good ones to ask, I think, when we read God's Word. And here they are, we're listening to God's Word. Who are you, Lord, and what shall I do? I think those two questions are linked. Who are you, Lord, what should I do? If Jesus is the risen Lord and Savior who gave himself to die for my sins, then it has a great deal of bearing 
on how I must live. If you have had an encounter with the resurrected Lord Jesus, everything that you hear from him is truth. And that truth should have an effect on how we live our lives in every part of it. And so we have to apply God's word to our life. The whole point of scripture is really summed up in two great commandments. What are they? Love God, love others. How do we get to that point? We have to be applying the truthfulness of God's word to our lives. Now here's where we must be careful. Because remember the church at Sardis, they had the appearance of being alive. We could probably say that they weren't listening intently, but superficially. And here is the warning that Jesus gives here. Listen very carefully to this. Look at this verse here again. The one that has, has what? The one that has listened carefully. We're talking about truth. If you are listening carefully to truth, what will he say will be given to you? More truth. More light. But if you are neglecting to listen to truth, what will be taken away from you? Light. Truth. We wonder why there are Christians that do all sorts of crazy things. We wonder why there are Christians who get caught up in all kinds of crazy stuff, teachings, beliefs, all this kind of stuff. It's because they fail to listen to truth and apply that truth to their lives. They might say things like, I know, I know what it says. You're preaching to the choir. I know, I know, I know. I've been in church several. I know that scripture. I know it, I know it. We have to be very careful. Because this is a warning. Jesus says if you listen, he says more truth will be given to you. If you fail to listen, it'll be taken away from you. It's so important that we heed his warning. Let's look at the last thing and wrap all this up. If I'm really listening to truth, then I will be obedient to truth. Look at Luke 8, 19 through 21. So this is the progression here. He's talking to them about truth. And then we're taken here in verse number 19. Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Luke really drives home the point with this incident of Jesus' family coming to visit him. And he uses the story to show that the key to a relationship with Jesus is not birth or natural privileges, right? But obedience to God's word. So if you are a follower of Jesus, if you claim to be a follower of truth and to listen to truth, then what should be the natural outcome of that? Obedience to his word. That's it. I find it amazing how many times people go through great lengths to avoid obedience to God's word. Jesus says, if you really are Those that really are my brothers and my sisters, they're not the ones that I was born to here in the natural birth. 
He says, those that hear the word of God and do it. Jesus told his disciples, he who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me shall be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. And so if you want Jesus to disclose himself to you, you must hear his word with a view of obedience. You must obey the truth. You must listen and you must obey. Remember what James tells us about all this? The man that goes, hears the word, right? It's like the man that goes to the mirror. He looks at himself and goes, huh, well, isn't that interesting? Okay. Well, better go on my way then, right? God's word exposes to us really what's inside of our hearts. And if we're wise, we will listen. He that has an ear will listen. Oh, you might be hearing things, but are you really listening? Is your heart really listening to the truth of God's word? And if we listen, if we apply his words to our hearts, it will change us. That's all of 2 Corinthians 3.18, right? When we behold the, the glory of the Lord, we are changed from one degree to one degree. It's a continual sanctification process that God is at work in our lives as we behold the glory of the Lord in the Word of God. So are you listening? Let's pray together. If you're interested in more information about our church or knowing the peace that Jesus gives, visit our website at lifeattheridge.church.